What is up, everybody? Welcome into Flippin' Bats, where today we're going to talk all about the MLB awards we got coming out soon. Rookie of the Year, MVP, Manager of the Year. We're going to break them all down, as well as talking about some of the new big managerial hirings in the game of baseball. But this one's going to be fun. Let's get to it. It is a big week for Major League Baseball. All of the awards are going to start coming out here today, today as in hours. Monday. You got Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, MVP, Manager of the Year. All of those are about to come out over the next few days. Starts with Rookie of the Year here today on Monday. We're going to break down all of those. Alex and I are going to go through all the awards who all the finalists are, mm -hmm. and who I think is going to win the awards. But this is going to be a fun show. It is. And then we're also going to kind of say if we thought anybody got snubbed. But before we get to that, we have two managerial roles that got filled this last yeah. week, starting with the Angels picking up Ron Washington, and then the Astros promoting their bench coach, Joe Espada, as to their manager. Are I'm, these good fits? I'm so excited for Ron Washington. Yeah. I, I, he's needed a managerial role since he was obviously with the Rangers yeah. for a while. Got to some World Series, some heartbreak there. Then goes, he's been quite the journeyman, but has been in Atlanta the last few years where he is just so loved. Yeah. And the entire Atlanta Braves infield made the All-Star game this year, and all of them talk at length about Ron Washington, how good he is for them, how awesome he is as a human, and I'm just really excited for him to get the chance now with the Angels to be a manager again in the game of baseball. Love, love, love that hire. The next one, Joe Espada. Yeah. I, so this is what I, I've been saying for a couple of weeks. I think the Astros' new manager is going to be Joe Espada, but the one thing that held me back a little bit is I feel like every time there was some turnover, which I guess is just one time when A.J. Hench went out and Dusty Baker came in, yeah. the talk was Joe Espada was going to get the job. Mm. And he didn't at the time. And he was going out for interviews and, and trying to get hired at other places, and it just wasn't happening. And it didn't make a lot of sense to me because this has always been the perfect fit yeah. for the Houston Astros. So my mind at some point goes to, well, he just must not be interviewing well. Something's going on that he's not able to get a job. And finally, he's able to get it. I love this pickup. I like Joe Espada a lot. He's been a longtime bench coach for the Houston Astros, which I think is important for this team. He knows the players. He knows the culture. I think he's a great mix between analytics and feel. Talk a lot about that. Talked about that with Derek Jeter a couple weeks ago on set. The difference between analytics and feel, you need both, mm -hmm. right? It can't be all analytical, and this is what needs to happen. It can't be all feel. I think there is a, a, a part of the game where analytics are a big part of it, and I think Joe Espada has been the man in waiting for a long, long time for this team, and it is for sure the most appealing job out there, right? This isn't a job that the managerial position became open because, well, the team just sucked, and they fired the manager. No, Dusty just retired at the end of a very, very good Hall of Fame career but he's calling it quits. So you're now stepping into a team and a role that this is like a dream job to take over. Joe Espada gets it done. He had a huge game uh, during the playoffs this year where Dusty Baker got 
the boot from a game he got ejected. Didn't want to leave. And Joe Espada made some huge decisions there to lead off, uh, to, to pinch hit Yiner Diaz, and then bring in John Singleton. We all know how, you know, how that resulted. They ended up coming back and winning that ball game. I like this a lot. I like Joe Espada a lot. The perfect fit for the Houston Astros. It feels like it's been the perfect fit, and it just hadn't happened yet because Dusty Baker stepped in for a couple of years and did a fantastic job. But now is the time for Joe Espada and the Houston Astros. And I think Astros fans and the team are going to absolutely love him. And you know what? Maybe that was a blessing in disguise. You said, yeah, he was always kind of in the conversation, but then Dusty Baker came in. But he got to really sit behind and learn yeah. hands-on from a legendary manager in Dusty Baker and just see a different different approach, right? He's extremely old school, but he's a player's guy. Yeah. Do it for Dusty when they won the World Series is what everyone was talking about. To be a part of that and then to not only be a part of the development and the the growth of this team just adds to everything that Joe is going to be able to utilize now that he's in the big seat yeah. and he's in charge. Yeah, so. I, I do think the sitting behind Dusty Baker is huge, it's obviously, huge. because Dusty's not the biggest analytical guy in the world, obviously, an old school guy. But to, to sit behind Dusty and A.J. Hinch, who I, is one of the better younger managers in the game. So to sit behind A.J. Hinch during the, the beginning of this run and then to sit behind Dusty Baker during the last few years, I, I think you get two very good managers that do things two very different ways, yep. and I think he's going to benefit from that greatly. Yeah, no, this is going to be fun to see how it all pans out. But it is officially award season, so we're going to dive right in with the big dogs, we're starting with the MVPs, Ooh. the American League MVPs. We have Shohei Otani, Corey Seager, and Marcus Simeon. Alex. Yep. So this one, uh, this is the easiest decision of them all for me. Uh, Shohei Otani is going to win the MVP award. Uh, we're a couple days away from him winning his second MVP award. He hit 304 this season. 44 homers, a 1066 OPS, also a 3.14 ERA with 167 strikeouts. This was going to be the greatest season that we have ever seen. And I believe that would have topped his 2021 season, which I think was the greatest season we've ever seen. And he won the Cy Young Award or won the MVP award. Last year, fantastic season. Ended up losing out on MVP only to Aaron Judge doing what he did. Now this year, was on pace before the injury, missed about 30 games at the end of the year, uh, got surgery, missed the end of the year. But this was on pace to be the greatest season we've ever seen. An OPS over 1,000, a batting average over 300, an ERA right around three, 167 strikeouts. That's unheard of, quite literally unheard of. Now, some of these other players, I do believe Corey Seager had Corey. This is why I, I think the argument is an easy one. Mm -hmm. For Corey Seager, who I also believe, if he had put up the numbers he did over the course of a full season, well, this could have been, been his award with Shohei being injured. Yeah. But they both missed a good chunk of yeah, time. They did. Corey Seager did hit 327 on the year with 33 homers, 96 RBIs, and also an OPS over 1,000. Uh, but again, injuries there. I do think they're going to come in first and second, but I, I, I just don't foresee a world in which Shohei Otani isn't winning his second-ever MVP award. What a season. Pumped up for him. You know how pumped I am, Alex. This is great. Well, the question is then, can he go unanimous again? Yes. Shohei Otani, you think, think he is? I think it's unanimous again. I, mm -hmm. I do. Okay. I, solely because 
the second place guy missed a, a large chunk of the season as well. So you can't, you, the argument, which I, I could understand, yeah. of, well, he didn't play the last month of the season. So, uh, you know, like I, Corey Seager gets the nod for playing all season long. Yeah. Well, that, that argument doesn't exist anymore because the guy that is going to come in second, Corey Seager, also didn't play all year long. So if you're going to make the argument of games played, well, that's not checking Corey Seager's box either. So I think Shohei's going to be unanimous, and I, I think it'll be his second unanimous, and 2021 was as well. All right, well, let's move on to the National League MVPs. We got Ronald Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts, and Freddie Freeman. Yeah, this was a, this was a good race. Uh, we talked about it a lot right around the time that the Dodgers and Braves played out here because yeah. at that point it was getting more and more neck and neck. But ultimately, Alex, I'm giving the nod here to Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, 337, 41 homers, 106 RBIs, and 73 stolen bases. That's never happened before. 40-70. You want to talk about 40-40. There's a 40-40 club, right? It's only happened five times ever. Mm -hmm. Well, there's never been a 40-70. And now we have our first ever 40-70 in Ronald Acuna Jr. while also hitting 337 on the year. I just can't. The, the combination of speed and power is so rare. And, I, you know, I, I got more and more fed up over the course of the season as people started talking about the um, – the new rules yeah. and how, well, okay, yeah, 70 stolen bases. Well, it wasn't 70 at the time, but okay, 40, okay, 50, okay, 60. Well, who else in Major League Baseball is doing this? Who else is going 40, 70? Nobody. Nobody's even close, and nobody's ever done it. And I get this is the first year of the new rules, but you want to go back and talk about things in the olden days where they didn't have these new rules, guess what? Pitchers used to lift their leg over their head. Like, there was no such thing as controlling the run game. If you were fast and you got on base, you could easily steal bases because old bullet trot turkey guy would lift his leg up over his head and you could easily steal second base. What? Bullet trot turkey guy. Correct. Okay. Baseball names. There's nothing right. better. Oil can Boyd. You know, keep you, can, you can keep, keep, keep on going. Just three three finger brown. Just stop. No, now, now we're definitely going to stop. Okay. Anyways. Yes. I digress. Yeah, please. There was no controlling the run game. Things change. The game evolves. Yes, there's new rules involved that helped him steal 73 stolen bases. However, I, I, I don't like the conversation of, well, the only reason he did that, blah, 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 blah. What a year. What a combination of speed and power. Mm. Ronald Acuna Jr. for me is the MVP this year. I agree. I definitely think it has to be Ronald Acuna Jr. But do you think do you think there's any snubs yeah, here? Alex? I do. And this one's tough because obviously we got two of my Dodgers up here. Yes. Right. But I do believe Matt Olson, the home run leader, was he had an MVP caliber season, right? Yeah. Uh, it's also only happened nine times since 2000 that an MV that a home run leader was not in the MVP finalist. Yeah. But this one was tough, right? We have four guys that we are talking about so many times throughout the year. These teams would not be where they are without their two top players. You had Ronald Acuna Jr. and Matt Olson for the Braves, and then you had Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts for the Dodgers. So if you put Matt Olson in, who do you take out? That's the tough part because you only have three finalists here. And what, is it maybe Freddie Freeman, Mr. Consistency, who 
as we mentioned, and, and when we were having these conversations, the Dodgers would not be where they are without Freddie Freeman and without Mookie Betts because yeah. they were the team and they were the reason that they got to where they were. But then when you look at someone like a Matt Olson, more home runs, more RBIs, a higher OPS. Yeah. It's tough against Mr. Consistency. This is where I'm so torn, and I wish, I wish there were four finalists, but I do feel that it's just... It, this is a tough one. This is a hard one to swallow for Matt Olson, someone who had an incredible season, an MVP caliber season, and then doesn't even get a nod. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Matt Olson should absolutely be uh, one of the finalists here. Batting average is one thing. Freddie Freeman's always going to have the high batting average. Yeah. And, and I'm not taking away from Freddie's season. Obviously, 59 doubles is, is a record, and he, he broke records with his amount of extra base hits this year. But ultimately for me, it comes down to production mm -hmm. and having a higher OPS and more RBI. You know, it's it's not particular. It's not neck and neck. 993 OPS to 977 is is a fairly decent gap. Driving Way more, more RBIs, driving yeah. in 37 more runs over the course of the year, uh, and obviously the home run total of 54 leading the league. It's a historic season. Yeah. So. I just I struggle a bit with the fact that he's not a finalist. Same. You're right. If you make him one, you have to take somebody out, and it's not a discredit to Freddie's season. I, I just think you compare these two, you compare these numbers, and I'll take. You know, if we didn't yeah. have the pictures up there, you're taking you're, that guy's you're season. Gonna, you're gonna take this season. Right. So yeah. I agree. More productive, driving in more, higher OPS. Yeah. yeah, it's tough. I feel he got snubbed. All right. Let's move on to our next category. We're heading to the Cy Young, our American League Cy Young finalists, Garrett Cole, Kevin Gossman, and Sonny Gray. Yeah, some really good years here. Uh, I, I think a lot of this was expected from Garrett Cole yes. and Kevin Gossman. Sonny Gray, great pitcher this year, I thought, came uh, and, and announced himself as one of the best pitchers in baseball this year. I love that he is a finalist. Ultimately, I think this one is going to be Garrett Cole yeah. uh, when all is said and done, I, I think. Uh, his ERA of 263 on the year, Woo! 222 strikeouts, and a whip under one, a sub one whip, which means uh, over the course of nine innings, or let's do one inning, if one person gets on base, whether it be via a hit or a walk or whatever, that's a one whip. So less than one person is getting on base at any point throughout an inning in Garrett Cole's season, which is remarkable. 15 and four record this year. He was dominant. Yeah. Love Garrett Cole, and I think he is going to be taking home the Cy Young Award. I do, too. Let's move to the National League Cy Young finalists. You got Zach Gallen, Blake Snell, and Logan Webb. By yeah. the look on your face, I can feel I, that there's, like, a lot you want to say, I possibly just, someone else that should have been up here. Yeah. So, yeah, I like these guys a lot. Zach Gallen, uh, saw him a lot over the course of the playoffs oh, yeah. at the World Series. Um, and got to watch him pitch in the World Series for the first time in his career. Nasty. Love Zach Allen, one of the better pitchers in baseball. But I do believe Blake Snell is going to win the Cy Young Award this year. Blake Snell, from like the first month of the season on, was historically good. Now, he finished the season with a 14-9 ERA, 2-2-5 ERA, 234 strikeouts. But I would love to see... 
those numbers once Gary Sanchez came over to the team and basically became his personal catcher uh, would have been one of the greatest seasons of all time for a pitcher. Mm -hmm. Blake Snell, from that point on, when Gary Sanchez became his catcher, was very clearly the best pitcher in the game of baseball. Yep. It was so fun watching him. Blake Snell walked 99 guys this year, but only 12 of those guys scored. Yep. That's dominance. How do you get there? You get there with 234 strikeouts on the season. So uh, I almost said shout out Blake Snell for winning the Cy Young oh, Award. It's not you yet are official. so confident. But I love it. he's winning my Cy Young Award. I am confident in this one. Blake Snell will be taking home his uh, second Cy Young Award. Do you think anybody got snubbed yes. here? Let's go. Justin Steele. What the hell? Yeah. Where is Justin Steele? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Look, let's compare his numbers to Logan Webb, also a really good year. But let's put up Justin Steele's stats right here. 16 wins, only five losses, a 3.06 ERA, 176 strikeouts. So where's the big difference in number of innings pitched? Justin Steele threw 173. Logan Webb threw 216 innings. There is something to be said about throwing pitching innings, going out there every fifth day for your team. But... When you were as dominant on the season as Justin Steele was for the Chicago Cubs, it got to a point with about a month left of the season where it was, I don't, is Blake Snell going to win the Cy Young Award? Because Justin Steele looks like he could be winning that Cy Young Award. And then there were a couple starts there at the end that swayed that a little bit towards Blake Snell's direction. Ultimately, Blake Snell will be winning the Cy Young Award. Again, in my opinion, it hasn't happened yet officially. But how is Justin Steele not in the top three finalists for NL Cy Young Award? It is a travesty. That's ridiculous. Justin Steele was one of the best pitchers in baseball all year long and absolutely should have been a finalist for this award. I just don't get it. You can't look at these numbers. He was 16-5. and five. You can't look at these numbers and tell me that Justin Steele wasn't the, one of the most dominant pitchers in the game of baseball and certainly one of the most dominant top three pitchers in the National League. Ridiculous. The voters messed this one up big time. Justin Steele should have been, I think, the number two guy in the Cy Young voting this year. Strong. Deep breath. Thank you. I know. Thank you. That was a snub. That was a big snub. Yeah. All right. We're going to move on to the rookies. AL Rookie of the Year nominees, Tanner Bybee, Tristan Casas, and Gunnar Henderson. So, Alex, let's step back to March. The month was March, okay. and we were getting ready to kick off our flipping bats season and Major League Baseball season, went through some predictions, yep. and I said the AL Rookie of the Year was going to be Gunnar Henderson. Yes, he did. I think with a season of 255, 28 homers, and 82 RBIs that I feel good about my prediction. I do think Gunnar Henderson is going to be walking away with this award. Friend of the pod, by the way, came on flipping bats. Love Gunnar Henderson. Love the Orioles and their young core and what they were able to do this year. Uh, obviously not the playoff success that they wanted, but a fantastic season. Gunnar Henderson was a huge part of that. Shout out by being cast as great years, but I think Gunnar Henderson's taking home the rookie of the year. Did anyone get snubbed here? I think there were a couple, to be honest. I'm, I'm surprised Masataki Yoshida isn't, yeah. um, isn't a finalist. He had 289 on the year, 15 homers, 72 RBIs. Um, yeah, it got to a point in the season where I, I thought he was very slow start. Mm -hmm. 
And then that series in, uh, I think it was in Milwaukee. Ramped it up. It all, it all turned around. And he was fantastic from that point on. I just, I feel like he, he should have been a finalist here, as well as Josh Young. Yep. Josh Young, when he got hurt, was the leader for the Rookie of the Year award, right? Like, the, probably the front runner at the time. Then gets hurt and missed a good bit of time, but ended up hitting 266, 23 homers, 70 RBIs. Was a huge part of the Rangers' success in the playoffs. Had a really good last few games in the World Series. Played a really good third base. Yeah, I, I just, I, I guess this is because of games played, but you look at these numbers, 266, 23 homers, 70 RBIs. That's pretty damn close to Gunnar Henderson's numbers. Yep. If not better. And I, I get there was a big chunk of time missed, and maybe that's, what it, that's why we're here. But I, I just think that was a snub. We've had these conversations before about the voting process. Conversations again for another day. Because we're going to move on yeah. to the National League. Rookies of the Year nominees, Corbin Carroll, James Outman, Kodai Senga. Alex, do you even no. need to no. ask? MVPCC. MVPCC, baby. Corbin Carroll, what a year. 285, 25 homers, 76 RBIs, and 54 stolen bases, which leads to one of the greatest rookie seasons that we have ever seen. A historically good rookie season for Corbin Carroll. Ends up getting into the World Series. Let's just step back and look at this year for Corbin Carroll. Just a kid from outside of Seattle that in his first year gets to be a starter in the All-Star game back in Seattle gets to make the playoffs with a team that wasn't very good last year and was really bad the year prior, gets to go to the World Series all in his rookie year, gets dubbed MVPCC by a really cool baseball show. And told it you to trademark it. Told me to trademark it. And it all <laughs> happened in what turned out to be one of the greatest rookie years that we have ever seen in the history of Major League Baseball. Corbin Carroll... Congratulations on a great year, and congratulations on what I will be, what, what I believe, as of today, Monday, will be his Rookie of the Year award. Yeah, because uh, awards are being announced, kicking off tonight, Rookie of the yep. Year, 6 p.m. Eastern. Keep an eye out for that. It is the first of this week-long of awards season for Major League Baseball. Yep. So this will be a fun one. I'm uh, excited to see your reaction. Once this comes out, please yeah. have something ready to go. I will. Okay. I will. Okay. Now I need to think. Of I know. I'm putting you on the spot. Putting me on the spot. It's okay. okay. Now let's move on to managers. Okay. Okay. American League managers. Bruce Bochy helping the Rangers win their first World Series. Kevin Cash and Brandon Hyde. Important to note here yep. with all of these awards, not just this one, but I'm going to bring it up here for a very important reason. Yep. These awards are voted on before the playoffs. So into the regular season, these voters go and check off the boxes and vote. If that weren't the case, obviously the winner would be Bruce Bochy for winning the World Series with a team that, again, as I mentioned with the Diamondbacks, were terrible two years ago and a pretty bad baseball team last year. He comes in, takes control, gets some new players, wins the World Series. That's the perfect story for manager of the year, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it would be, but the playoffs don't count. The regular season is what counts, which is why I'm going to go with Brandon Hyde and what he did with that fantastic Baltimore Orioles young core. And I'm so, I, I don't know if he's going to win the award. And I know this doesn't count for anything other than this year. 
But I've just been so impressed with Brandon Hyde as a manager and what he's done over the course of the last couple of years. You don't often take control of a team during a rebuild and get to live on the other side of it. Yeah. And for Brandon Hyde, what, what he was able to do with this turnaround, specifically last year when Adley came up and they became one of the best teams in baseball. Since the day Adley Rutschman came up to right now, the Baltimore Orioles have been one of the best teams in the game of baseball. Brandon Hyde has done a fantastic job with a very young team. It's not easy, I can't imagine, to manage a team that it feels like every other week you're getting a, a new top prospect called up and you're dealing with all these 20 to 25 year old kids never playing in the big leagues and all doing it for the first time and that's not easy and I, th I just think Brandon Hyde has done an exceptional job with the rebuild and specifically with this year where the Baltimore Orioles were the number one seed in the American League this year heading into the playoffs for that reason the winner of this award for me is Brandon Hyde. Yeah, I'm with you there because I think everybody had the Orioles circled over the next couple of years. They were going to be the team to watch. They had the young talent. They had some of the best rookies. They had one of the best farm systems. But to go on and knock off some heavy hitters, especially like the Yankees and the AL East, and yeah. to win the AL East this year was such a an impressive feat for this team and for Brandon Hyde. So yeah. I'm with you there. I'm excited to see the, the voting breakdown of this yeah. because, one – how do you vote for Kevin Cash, who came in second behind Brandon Hyde, right, in the division? Yeah. And then how do people vote for, for the Texas Rangers, who had a very roller coaster a year? One of the best Great, throughout the season. Really bad. Had a dip, and then, came like, back. exactly. So, yeah. how are they going to vote uh, for Bruce Bochy? I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's ultimately going to win because this is all voted for before the playoffs start. Uh, I really do. I think it should be Brandon Hyde. All right, let's move on to the National League managers, Craig Council, Skip Schumacher, and Brian Snitker. Yeah, these are really good options. Craig Council here seen with the Brewers logo and a Brewers hat because, well, he was the manager of the Brewers, but he is now the manager as of this morning, Monday morning, announced as the manager of the Chicago Cubs. Uh, love, 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 love that pickup there. Skip Schumacher. Great down there with the Marlins. Nobody expected them to have the year that they ultimately did. And then Brian Snitker, who I think will win National League Manager of the Year. Uh, again, I feel like it's important to say on the contrast, yeah. playoffs don't count. This is a regular season Which award. I don't know if anybody <laughs> thought that would be the case for, for the, the Braves. Atlanta Braves. Yeah. Exactly. But the Braves had one of the best regular seasons of all time, had one of the best offenses that I have ever seen, one through nine, great pitching. Brian Snicker did a fantastic job of this season with the Atlanta Braves. I just think they were clearly the best team in baseball this year during the regular season, and that's why I think Brian Snicker is going to win this award. Yeah, this is going to be fun, you guys. It's officially MLB award season, award week starting tonight. The rookie of the years are going to be announced, so keep an eye out for that. It's going to be great. Now, Ben... We started the show with Shohei Otani. Now we're going to end the show Love that. with Shohei Otani. Now, last week, we went through the top three possible landing spots for Otani. And you kind of had a dark horse. You said the Cubs. You think they could be yeah. a front runner. And now we are hearing so many reports that this could actually be a landing spot for him. You know, Alex, you're right. We started the show. We ended the show. You thought it was the offseason and that the segment was gone. But no, 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 my friends. This <laughs> week in Shohei Otani news finds its way back always. So, yes, last week, uh, the first show last week. How many shows did we do last week? Uh, it doesn't even matter at this point. Last week, 
I said I do believe the number two team. I did three. Mm -hmm. The number two team that I believe Shohei could go to is the Cubs. And I said I think they're a big dark horse. And then literally right after that, it started coming out more and more that the Cubs are being the most aggressive team for Shohei. It might actually be a fit for Shohei. But my reasoning last week was, one, when he first came over, the Cubs were pretty big players. He ultimately didn't go there. I think he ultimately wanted to sign out on the West Coast. But now, well, they're back. And they're making huge moves. You can feel the momentum happening with the Chicago Cubs. Craig Council signing the biggest contract for a manager in history. You think they're going to bring in Craig Council and be like, all right, we got a playoff team this year. No, they're going to make some big, big moves, I think. And bringing in Craig Council, who's one of the best younger managers in the game of baseball, is just the beginning. We've just scratched the surface. But I, I just think it's a place that it, it is. It's a, it's a bigger market. It's a team that I think is on the cusp of – I think they're close. Mm -hmm. If they get a Shohei Otani, obviously that helps. I don't think they're there. Obviously, they missed out on the playoffs this year. It was very close. I think they need to figure out uh, where they're going to get the production from Cody Bellinger this year. Where is that going to come from? Is it going to be Cody Bellinger again, or is it going to be somebody else? I think they need to figure out their pitching situation. Marcus Stroman, where, where is that production going to come from? But you can feel the momentum, and I think Shohei wants to be a part of, one, a winner, and not just a, this team's going to be good for the next two years. I, I think the Cubs are on the cusp of building something very good, and I think Shohei would want to be a part of that. So the momentum is building. You can feel it. And I do feel like the Cubs could be a really good fit. I think originally, Alex, the decision, I think geographical location played a bigger role in his first decision than it will this one. I think this one is about winning. Yep. I think it's about a good culture. I think it's yep. about a place that feels like he could be for a long time. And you can't turn on a TV and watch a day game at Wrigley Field without thinking, I want to be there or I want to be a part of that. And I think Shohei absolutely believes that he could be a part of that. Do I think Shohei Otani to the Cubs is going to happen? I don't know, but I do believe it is a big possibility, and I absolutely could see it happening. Well, whoever gets Shohei Otani is not only getting one of the greatest players we've ever seen in the game of baseball on the field, but they're also getting an incredible human off of the field. We recently heard that he just donated 60,000 gloves to kids in Japan. It's, it's just so cool. He posted on Instagram a, a deal that he came to where he's able to give 60,000 gloves uh, out to elementary schools in Japan. And this takes me back to when I sat down with Shohei for searching for Shohei, and we were talking about, we really covered everything and his career and how he got to where he did, but I asked him what his goal is or what, his, what he wants in the future. And his answer was so interesting to me and something that will forever stick with me is it was, it's about growing the game, mm -hmm. and he just wants people to, it was just so genuine and pure. I just, I want the game to grow. I want people to believe that they can do it because they see me do it. And to see him and, and post this and say, I hope to play one day with a player that's using this glove that I'm donating to a school awesome. in Japan. And I don't know, it's just the most genuine and pure and, and you know him, Alex. That, yeah. is, that is him. It's so genuine. It's so pure. Authentic. That's all he wants is 
to grow the game, to make people happy. And uh, I think this goes a long way to doing that. But 60,000 gloves to elementary schools in Japan. It was funny, Alex, because the beginning, the, I clicked the translate button to, yep. to see what he said in the post. And the translation comes across as he was giving 60,000 gloves to 20,000 elementary schools in Japan. I was like, damn, Shohei's <laughs> giving 1.2 billion <laughs> gloves away in Japan. And then you're like, that can't be right, but that's crazy. No. But 60,000 gloves across uh, all Japan elementary schools. So, so special. So many big things coming for Shohei Otani this offseason. We're still on Shohei Otani watch to see where the biggest free agent is going to land. We're going to be talking about it every week. We're still going to have this week in Shohei Otani news. Tonight, award season kicks off with Rookie of the Year being announced. So make sure you check that out. And we're going to be with you every week just having a great time. Yeah, we, we ain't going anywhere. It might be the offseason, but there is still a lot to talk about. All the managers, all the new managerial hirings, the awards, which is this week. And we are live on Friday of this week to talk all about the awards and how they unfolded. We talked today about how we think they'll unfold. Friday, we will be live talking about how they all did unfold. So be on the lookout for that. Enjoy all the awards coming out this week. Enjoy everything that has to do with the baseball offseason because it does get really fun. It does get intense and chaotic, and we will be right here for all of it. So thank you all for listening to this MLB Awards preview show. We will be back Friday. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify. You can also watch on Spotify as well now. We're also on all social media, including YouTube and TikTok. You can watch every single thing we do on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. But that does it for this Monday episode. We will be back Friday. Until then, everybody, 